Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. I'm not uh, going to be before you long tonight, uh, and I don't fib, so... But we do want to look at some things as it pertains to the dimension of faith, if you can handle some more. Hallelujah. But uh, we, uh, I, I want to make you aware of some of the product we have. You may have, have looked. You may already have uh, this book. But uh, pastor, my pastor wrote this book in 1981 uh, called The Word System. And uh, it went out of print for a number of years. And uh, uh, Michelle and I, uh, got it back. Well, I say we got, we, we did. We, we put it back in print. And uh, the, uh, the Lord will bless you through this. Uh, it's talking about the system of the, of the word and not just words, but the words that you speak uh, that are in line with the word of God. It's out there and available. Uh, this is uh, the newest book by our good friend, Annette Capps, uh, The Spirit of Prophecy. And uh, this, is, uh, this is probably one of the most balanced books I've ever read on, on prophecy and on the spirit of prophecy. Uh, but something that's very interesting is uh, the number of uh, prophecies that they found by Brother Charles. Uh, she was going through a storage shed and opened up a box and there was all of these prophecies that had been typed out, that he had given over the years. She said the Lord was keeping him in cold storage. And uh, I believe that. Uh, it's out there. It'll bless you greatly. And this book, this book will change the way you look at your local church. Uh, this is called Visitations from God by Pastor Nancy Dufresne. And uh, she talks about how uh, your man and woman of God is a visitation from God. And uh, it's, a, it's a tremendous book, and it's, it's not just puffing up the office of the pastor as much as it is uh, showing you the power in the office. Every one of the fivefold ministry offices has a purpose and has a reason. You know, I, I see so many people today, they'll, they, they run around and say, I'm this or I'm that, but then you look at their life, and they're not functioning in any of the purposes of that gifting. If, uh, if a person's a pastor, the evidence is going to be there. Hallelujah. If a person's a prophet, the evidence is going to be there, or an apostle. And so that'll bless you greatly, amen. Brother James mentioned the number of people we had saved. Had seven people born again today, amen. And uh, five of them were in children's church. Hallelujah. So, so two adults and five children. Hallelujah. That's, uh, where's Miss Glory? That's what we've been praying on Monday nights. That there would be revival in our children's ministry and salvation in our children's ministry. Uh, and, and, and the Lord has been saying that, that that's where it starts, is in our children's ministry and, and moving out. And those of you that are here regularly on Monday nights, you know we've been praying that. So we're seeing it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm telling you, if you'll just stick around here long enough, you'll see everything God said happen because that's his promise. Amen. Go with me tonight to the book of Matthew chapter 8. And uh, I'm, this is going to be our launching place. We're going to jump into some of the things that uh, we didn't have a chance to finish Wednesday night. Pastor Michelle is at home tonight. She's doing fine. Uh, but we were... Uh, at the NALC, the National Association of uh, Christian Lawmakers, NACL. And uh, while we were there uh, on Friday, a uh, pastor called uh, Brother Keith Moore just uh, to say hello, and Brother Keith ended up asking him to minister. And uh, so uh, Pastor Michelle, of course, had to stay there. They were, we were going to drive them back 
Uh, we drove them up. We were going to drive them back. But uh, she had to stay there, of course, to get them back. We didn't want them riding home with people they didn't know. And uh, so uh, I got on the phone, called Brother Jim, and he ran up and got me Saturday morning. And we drove back Saturday morning. And so I could be here to minister last night and this morning and tonight. And uh, so they got back in. Uh, she was actually uh, headed to Maumel when we were headed to church. So, uh, but God's good, amen? amen. And, uh, you know, when we talk about faith, the Lord told me one time, he said, uh, you know, a lot of changes were going on in people's ministries. And what I mean by that is that it was the... Uh, it was really the kind of the height of the seeker-friendly movement. And I'm not a person that's ugly about a seeker-friendly church or, or a, a, you know, movement. People, people have to do what they think is right, uh, whether I do or not. But, you know, a lot was going on. And, and people were cutting out all their services. And Sunday nights were being cut out. And Wednesday night was being cut out. And... And, uh, you know, it was, it was extreme dressing down. I mean, you look at me tonight, this is dressing down for me. That, that, you know, I mean, wear a pair of jeans to preach in, perish the thought. But <laughs> nonetheless, nonetheless, uh, I was sitting on the front row of our church in, uh, in DeSoto, and I, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, you know, if I'm missing something, I want to be in on what you're doing. You know, Dr. Lester Summerall said, Lord, don't do anything in the earth what time I'm here that I'm not right in the middle of it. And he was. He was right in the middle of all of it. I mean, he was in the middle of the healing revival, the charismatic renewal, the word of faith revival. But the Lord said to me in that moment, he said, you preach the pure word of faith in the manner you learned. And then he said this, as long as you stay with your fathers, you'll stay safe. What, what we see a lot of today uh, with a lot of things that are happening in, in the church world is simply this. It's an abandonment of what the fathers taught. That, that's what it is. You're unsafe when you go past the boundary that your father set. You'll, get you'll become unsafe because those boundaries are there for a reason. Amen. And so faith, in uh, Matthew 8, we see a revelation here. Matthew chapter 8, you'll remember that this is when the centurion came to Jesus he said, my servant lies at home, grievously tormented. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. But speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For, now notice he starts the next statement off with the word for. He's saying, I understand something. You speak the word only and my servant shall be healed because the word for can be, you could put because there. Because I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. Now notice, we emphasize this on purpose. And I say to this man, you go and he goes. I say to this another, come and he comes. I say to another, do this, and he does it. Amen. I say, go, and he goes. And he, Jesus said that this understanding of the operation of authority was the greatest faith he'd ever seen. Or I should say this, that he'd ever found. Hallelujah. When you come to the understanding that your authority and your faith go hand in hand, if you're operating faith, you're operating authority. If you're operating authority, you're operating faith. They go hand in hand. When you speak, you have to be speaking to something. Authority doesn't operate if you're speaking about it. 
You have to speak to it. Have you ever been around somebody in leadership that dealt in generalities? They would kind of talk about you, right? They, they would go in a meeting, and instead of dealing with you personally, they would talk in general terms about it to everybody. Everybody knew who they were talking to, but nothing got changed because they didn't deal with it specifically, Right? He said, I say to this one, go. Well, the the reciprocal would be if I tell him to stay, he stays. But I specifically say go, and what happened? He goes. I tell this one to come, and I tell this one to do this, and... But look look at the specifics. I tell him to go, and he goes. Well, that authority is contained in the words that he spoke. He didn't say, I make him go. That servant, that man under the authority of that centurion responded to the words that were spoken. God gave man in the very beginning the power of words. He first endued him with dominion and authority and told him to subdue the earth, told him to have dominion over everything that was on the earth, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, the fowl, the creeping things, everything that walked on the earth. He said, I've given you dominion over it. That meant that everything at creation responded to what Adam said. See, this is important. When Adam called it an elephant, it became an elephant. Well, it was already an elephant, not till he called it. Well, God created the elephant, he sure did, and Adam called it. Hallelujah. God has created, we heard over the offering tonight, God has created your prosperity already. And placed it in the earth, but you got to call it. If you don't call yourself blessed, those finances will never come under your authority. I got to call myself blessed. I tell one to go. So I say I'm blessed. So the moment you say I'm blessed, Those finances start looking for how to get to you. Because they're under your authority. There's things that we teach, that people teach and preach, and we think they're just Jesus tricks. Remember? (laughs) You like that, Dwayne? Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Boy, blesses me. He shouts at me all the time. Remember? They, they were coming home, Jesus and the disciples, and they came to Peter, and they said, does your master pay taxes? Remember what Peter said? Mm-hmm. They got in the house, and Jesus said, Peter, what do you think about this? Is it the children, right? Who, who pays taxes? The, the children of the world or the children of the kingdom? What's the children of the world? And Jesus said, but so they won't think bad of us. Go down to the lake. And the first fish you catch, take the money out of its mouth and go pay our taxes. Now people somehow believe that Jesus created that money and put it in the fish's mouth so Peter could catch it. Jesus had money in the treasury. Why didn't he just tell Judas, give us some money to pay the taxes? He's showing us something. If Jesus said, go catch the first fish, there's going to be money in its mouth. That money is under the authority of Jesus Christ. I don't know how it showed up, but it showed up because Jesus said it would show up. 
And when he caught the first fish, the money was in its mouth. Amen. I tell my job to give me a raise, and it gives me a raise. That's why we call for raises and bonuses. See, that's, that's, not just, that's not just a word of faith thing that we do. When you confess, the word confession means to say the same thing. When you say you're blessed, you're agreeing with God. And you're saying the same thing. I am, state of being, state of being verbs, am, are, was, were, I am, present tense. Right now, I am blessed. And somebody will say, yeah, that, that's, that's right, brother. We're all blessed. Praise the Lord. We're blessed. We're on our way to heaven. <sighs> heaven is not a blessing. Heaven is home. The blessings are in the earth. You're not going to need blessings in heaven. You need the blessing on the earth. But on the earth, I can call for what heaven has produced. And what heaven has produced and deposited in the earth, I can call for it and it comes to me. Because faith is voice activated. The dimension of faith is unlocked by your voice. Mm, hallelujah. When you say, I'm blessed, you can hear the tumblers falling and that dimension unlocks. Because if you said it, it must be so. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. Do, 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 do you see this? And what heaven has deposited in the earth, God deposited it in the earth so the people in authority could access it. What's in the earth is not for the world. It's for the church. And the church just has to access it different. The world accesses it by lying and stealing, stabbing in the back and doing whatever they got to do. We access it by our words. Oh, hallelujah. Do, do you understand that? See, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing some of this because, if, especially if you were with us Wednesday, in Genesis 2.19, the Bible says, we talked about this earlier, that God brought all the animals to the man, to the man, to the man, to the man. You should be glad you're a man or a woman in this earth. You're an authority. He said he brought him to the man to see what the man, to see what the man would call him. Glory to God. Do, do, do you see this? You got to name yourself. You got to call yourself something. Because you're an authority. I hear people a lot say, I am what God said I am. Only if you're saying what God said you are. You can be it by reason of God made you that. But you won't walk in the power of it or the functionality of it unless you're calling yourself that. The Bible says all of us are more than conquerors through him that loved us. But how many believers talk about how they can't catch a break? And they're more than conquerors. But they're not conquering. Because they're not saying it. See? I got to call it. That's how that realm is open. I got to call it. Uh, Hebrews 11 and verse 1. You, you, you know this. It says, now faith, now faith is the substance the grounds, the conviction, the title deed of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is substance. 
Faith is substance. Faith is not a camp. Faith is not a car, a house, a suit of clothes. Faith is substance. Faith is how you live. Faith is how you regulate your life. Faith is how we please God. Three times the Bible says the just live by faith. Well, if I have to live by faith, I've got to learn how to access what's in the faith dimension. Because that's how I have to live. Amen? So faith is the substance of what? Things. Things. Things that you're hoping for. Things that you're expecting. Glory to God. If you're expecting something, you should talk about it much. Because faith is contained in words, and faith is substance of things. Right? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. When you get faith on your case, faith begins to, there's three things that faith will do. Faith will either, number one, bring it to you. Hallelujah. In in Mark chapter 5, the woman that had the issue of blood, you know she's healed. Right? She had the issue of blood. She touched Jesus' garment. But at the end of their conversation, Jesus said, daughter, go your way, your faith has made you whole. What that whole process start with, when she'd heard of Jesus, she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be whole. What did Jesus say? Go in faith and be, go in peace and be whole. Your faith, your faith in what? Your wholeness has made you whole. What'd she call for? Wholeness. People say healing. No, she didn't. She called for wholeness. If I can just touch his garment, I'll be whole. I'll be whole. And the Amplified says she kept saying it. She kept saying it. So what brought her healing to her? Her faith. Now, religion would say it was the power of God. Trouble is Jesus didn't say that. Jesus said it was her faith. God has no lack of power. People have a lack of faith. God is never unwilling or unable. He's just uninvited. And when I say God's willing or when I say God's able, I'm not just making a religious statement. I'm bringing the ability of God into my circumstance. Remember Numbers chapter 13? They came back and they said the land is what they said it was. But there are giants and there are this and there are that. And it says that Caleb stilled the people. And he said let us go up at once. We are well able. What did he just access? The ability of God. Had they listened they would have went and did just what God said. But what did they get? Failure. Why? They said they couldn't. Your faith will never rise above the level of your confession. Ever. It will not. And it's God's faith given to you by God from His Word. And God's faith will not rise above the level of your confession because you are the man in the earth or the woman in the earth and you are in authority. God will not usurp your authority to make something happen for you. I have to agree with it. I have to cooperate. Mm, Hallelujah. So the woman with the issue of blood, she called for wholeness. So what happened there? God brought it to her because of what she said. Is that right? Number two. So number one, faith will either bring it to you, or number two, it'll bring you to it. Faith will bring you to it. 
Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Uh, 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 Elijah, go down to the brook Cherith and, and stay there. Right? I'll bless you there. I've commanded the ravens to feed you there. Is that right? And the brook dried up. Now arise, get to Zarephath. I have prepared a widow woman to sustain you there. Is that right? What God do? Brought him to it. When you say I'm blessed going in and I'm blessed coming out, God, start, you, God starts taking you where you can be blessed going in and blessed coming out. God takes you to it. Your faith takes you to it. Your, your faith that is operated by your words and put into play by your words is a magnet that draws everything that you need. You understand? Or, number three, it will create it. Faith is substance. It'll bring it to you, you to it, or it will create it. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see this? Glory to God. In Job 22 and verse 28. Oh, glory. I'm watching my time. Job 22 and 28. The Amplified Bible says, You shall also decide and decree a thing. You shall decide. It starts with the decision of my will. You shall decide and decree a thing, and it, what, it, what, what you have decided and decreed will be established for you. Made real. Set in stone. I decide and I decree I'm healed. Right? Religion will say God decides who gets healed. No, men decides who gets healed. I decide if I'm healed or not. I decide if I'm blessed or not. I decide I'm blessed and I decree it. Yes, sir. Amen. I, I, I've just felt led to say this a lot. I decide if my children are saved or not. I decide and decree it. My children are saved. My family is saved. My grandchildren are saved. Yeah, but they're not acting like it. That, that, that's irrelevant. What did you decide? Amen. I decided I'm blessed. And I'm decreeing it. I decided I'm healed. And I'm decreeing it. But who decides? Who decrees? And what happens? It's established to me. God works in, in cooperation with my decisions and my declarations. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. So decide the direction and decree the direction. My authority in the earth dictates that I can decide and decree. Amen. You don't have to go there, but in Genesis 1, 26, the Bible says that Adam was created in the image of God. He was created with authority and dominion over all that God had created. Then in Genesis 2, God formed every animal out of the ground that he had given Adam authority and dominion over. He had given Adam authority and dominion over the earth. And then he formed every animal and every creeping thing and every bird and every fowl out of, the, out, of the, out of the earth that he had given Adam dominion over. Hallelujah. When Adam fell, God didn't take that authority away. Hallelujah. Notice in Numbers 14, 
in the Old Testament, man still had what he said. Because his authority and the authority of his words had not been taken away, it had been perverted. This became so clear to me many, many, my goodness, 20 plus years ago, 22 years ago, 23 years ago. I had a, a man in the, uh, in the church that had an automotive shop. And I had a business in, in the automotive shop with him. I had a detail shop there. And, uh, and uh, uh, on my day off, I would go down there and oversee the business and, and kind of work in, in, in my shop, in the detail shop. It wasn't a, a big thing, just a bay in his shop. But the point that I'm making, there used to be a guy that come in to have his truck worked on. And here's what he would always say. This truck is a piece of... And it wasn't junk. That's not what he said. Just foul mouth. I mean, every time. The next, the, two days later, he'd come in. Ah, you know how a piece of. And I wondered, does he know he's cursing his truck? He's spending a lot of money. Because of his mouth. Right? Hallelujah. Boy, that became so clear to me. That became so clear to me. You'll pull up somebody's house and you'll say, boy, it's a nice house. Well, it's not much. I mean, it's pretty good for us. Well, what are you saying? That, that your house isn't that good or you're not that good? You're a child of the king. You are a king and a priest in this earth. Is that right? Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Numbers 14 and verse 2. Notice this. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said, Would God we had died in the land of Egypt? Or would God we had died in the wilderness? Verse 27, how long shall I bear with this evil congregation that murmur against me? I've heard the murmurings of the children of Israel that they murmur against me. Say unto them, as truly as I live, says the, says the Lord, as you have spoken in my ears. As you have spoken in my ears. That's how it's going to be. None of those people went into the promised land. They all died in the wilderness. And, and, and people in religious circles say, yeah, God killed them. No, they didn't. Their words killed them. Their mouth killed them. When you read in Acts chapter 5, and you read the story of Ananias and Sapphira, people say God killed them. Their mouth killed them. Because they lied. It wasn't God. Their lie killed them. You understand? It was the presence of God that overcame them, but it was their lie. What they said, they lied. They perverted their authority with a lie. When you misuse words, you're perverting the authority God gave to you. Jesus said, when you speak, you say yes or no. Is that right? There's no authority in maybe. The authority's in yes or no. No sickness, you will not come in my home. Right? Yes, prosperity, you're loosed in my life. Oh, hallelujah. Not this. Any way you want to bless me, Lord. That's, that's, that's how I grew up in church. Well, you know, any way the Lord wants to bless me. Dear Lord. But the problem with that, there's no release there. You're not pulling anything out of the dimension of faith. Because God goes, okay. 
I want to bless you exceeding abundantly above all that you could ask or think, but I need you to say that. Hallelujah. Oh, touch, Lord. Touch and do what? Might just slap you. Touch. Touch. Touch him, Jesus. The whole congregation said, do you see that? Verse 2. The whole congregation said. The whole, I say to one, go, and he goes. The whole congregation said, I wish we would have died. And God said, you tell them. As they've said, that's how it's going to be. Am I helping you with this? Yes, sir. You need to understand that. I said something Wednesday night. If what you're seeing isn't changing, you're not calling it enough. Yeah, but I'm believing God. If you're not talking, you're not believing. Because the Bible says if you believe, if you got to say and believe. Say to this mountain, be removed, be cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe in his heart that what he says will come to pass. He'll have whatever he believes. What? No, he'll have whatever he says. Because we're designed that we should be saying what we believe. Am I helping you? That's why a lie won't prosper. Because you can't believe a lie. Because there's no truth in it. When a person lies, they know they're lying. They're not speaking truth. So those words, the Bible says, destroy a person. But it says the mouth of the righteous is a well of life. Why? Because we're speaking truth. You know, when I think about you, I speak words like this over you. I speak words like, Father, I thank you that all the marriages in Faith Builders Church prosper. I thank you that every husband is loving his wife like Christ loves the church. I thank you that every wife is a Proverbs 31 woman and that her family, her husband, and her children rise up and call her blessed. Amen. When I speak over your finances, I say, Father, I thank you that every member of Faith Builders International, that they have all that they need and all sufficiency in all things, and they do abound to every good work. Father, I thank you for their raises and their bonuses. I thank you that they have goodly houses that they didn't build. I thank you that their bank accounts are full, their savings accounts are full. I thank you, Father, that they are the most prosperous people in this city. Hallelujah. But I know pastors that call their people knotheads and, 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 and bullheaded and stubborn. Think about this for a moment. Am I helping you with this? The people came to Moses and said, we need water. God, Moses went to God. God said, huh, smite the rock. First time. Moses smote the rock. Water came out. Second time, hmm, they needed water. Moses was a little miffed, right? Went to God. Watch. God said, speak to the rock. There's, there's a couple of things you need to see here. First of all, the Bible says that rock was Christ. The first time when God said, smite the rock, that was a symbol and a shadow and a type of the suffering of Christ. He was smitten. He was beaten. And it produced living water. Christ can only suffer once. 
So the next time, he said, speak to the rock. Jesus suffered one time so I could then use my authority and my words to speak into existence whatever I need. If Moses had spoke to the rock, it was Moses' words getting that, that water that was in that rock. See, it's supernatural. That the water was where it needed to be. And God said, speak to it. You can work for it and not get it. You can speak to it and walk in it. Hallelujah. The steps of a good man are of who? So every day you get up and your steps are of Hallelujah. And you say that. I'll not make mistakes today. I'll not have foul ups today. For my steps are ordered by the Lord. He's leading me and guiding me and directing me in all my ways. Right? And you make the right decisions. Because the right decisions are there. You just got to talk to them. Mm. Hallelujah. You need to talk about your job. My job likes me. My boss loves me. My supervisor thinks I'm wonderful. They're, they're just looking to give me a raise. See, that's not just a positive confession. Those things are in the dimension of faith. You can go to work and try to prove how hard you work. Work, right? Volunteer for everything. But you know what happens if you work? You know what you get if you work your fingers to the bone? Bony fingers. Is that right? I'm not saying that you should slack off, but what if you go to work? And, and, and what if you go to work and you say, I am set on high today above all nations of the earth because I'm a tither? Amen. I will get recognition. I will be recognized for my work and my labor. I don't have to promote myself. God promotes me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's how you got to live your life. Am I helping you? Look at Deuteronomy 30. This, This is so important. I don't know if you can tell this big in me. That this, this is how you access this. Deuteronomy 30 and verse 19. Now, you know this verse, but notice, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you. That I, today, have set before you life and death. Blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that you and your seed may live. God had sworn to give them the land. He told this generation, your fathers wouldn't trust me. So they're not going in, but I'm going to bring you in. But notice, they still had to choose. I still got to choose. You know, a lot of people miss what Brother Hagin meant when he would say this. He would say, the blessings of God are not going to fall on your head like ripe cherries off a tree. You got to make a choice. I got to choose. Right? Say out loud, I choose life. Say, I choose blessing. Say, I choose success. Say, I choose healing. I choose victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, now you've made a choice. Hallelujah. And when people say, how do you know that's going to happen? Because I chose it. I've looked at, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm, listen, I'm not an arrogant person. I, I, and, and, and I say that with all humility, right? And you might say, well, that's arrogance talking about your humility. I, I don't know. But anyway, the point is, when people ask me, they'll say, how'd you get that? How'd that happen for you? Because I said it. 
Well, now you need to give God the credit. Well, God always gets all the honor and the glory and the credit, but God would have never been able to do what he did if I hadn't said it. If you don't say it, God can't do it. I got to say it so God can do it. Hallelujah. Proverbs 18 and 21. We're almost done. Oh, I believe God. You know, um, if you've raised children, you've all experienced this. The child will come to you. You're in the bedroom or the garage or the kitchen. They'll come up, mother or dad or whatever, and they'll say, uh, Mama, I'm hungry. Well, they haven't asked for anything. Have they? Well, you know what they mean. Right. But understand something. That's not how God functions. He said, ask of me. And I'll show you some things. What did he say? What did Jesus say? He said, whatever you ask. So if a child comes up and says, I'm hungry, did they ask for anything? Did they decree a thing? No. Now I'm the king of dad jokes. I'm not going to tell one. But my my kids would just, they'd, they'd roll their eyes at me. They'd come up and say, Dad, I'm hungry. I'd say, hi, hungry, I'm dad. Oh, Dad, it's not funny. It is. You want to laugh. You know you're laughing inside. But my point is, what do you want? Now, now think about this. I'm not telling you your kids shouldn't come and say they're hungry. But how much quicker of a response would they get if they came and said, I would like a peanut butter sandwich? They're getting the idea across that they're hungry and they're telling you what they want. Remember I talked about being subtle? Oh, the wife will walk by the trash. Boy, that trash stinks. You know, you're in the kitchen. Here's what she's saying. Take trash out. How much easier is it just for her to say, honey, take trash out. Oh, okay. You smelled it too, you know. See, God doesn't work on generalities. Faith doesn't work on generalities. Well, Lord, you know how it is down here. And we're asking you to look down in your sovereign will. And somehow through your bountiful providence... See your way clear if it's your will to do something for some kind of house, some way. There's not one request or asking for anything in that entire prayer, and it will not get answered. And you might as well say, twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you are. But I have so many needs, Pastor. Then, Father, I thank you that your word says that my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory. Yeah, but I got so many bills, I don't know which one to start with. Then you start with this one and say, you're being reduced and you are paid in full. And once this one is paid in full, your name's changing to paid in full. Say it out loud. My bills, my debts are paid in full. Say all of my debts, all of my liens, all of my mortgages, all of my car payments are being reduced and eliminated in Jesus' name. You got to talk to it. Proverbs 18, 21. Let me hurry. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. They that love it will eat the fruit thereof. 
We know that word power means hand. Death and life are in the hand of the tongue. But what I want you to see, what it doesn't say, is that the power of life, of death and life are in the, in the tongue. It says death and life are in the power of the tongue. It's important. I will have what I'm saying until I change what I'm saying. Words are constantly working to produce the things spoken. When you go to bed tonight and you talk about how blessed you are, those words are working all night long. And that's why you can get up in the morning and have a surprise because your words worked all night. But you can also say the same thing you've been saying before you go to bed and wake up in the morning to the same thing. While we sleep, the words we spoke that day are working. Many compound the wrong words and speak them every day, and it speeds up the process. The more you say what you're saying, the quicker the process becomes. Amen. The more a person says, I'm sick, I don't feel good, I'm not healthy, my body's breaking down, I'm sick, I don't feel good, I'm not healthy, my body's breaking down, something's wrong with me, I'm sick, I'm not healthy, my body's breaking down, it gets quicker. It gets quicker. And they fall apart quicker. I, I, I saw this. I saw this so plainly. I saw this so plainly with, with, with my father. Uh, Dad went to heaven nearly three years ago now. It'll be three years in April. And uh, in any event, he called me and he said he had been diagnosed with congestive heart failure. And uh, uh, so, you know, we, 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 we did what we knew to do. And uh, I flew up to uh, Kentucky to uh, help mom take him to his doctor's appointments, a cardiologist appointment and, and a primary care physician. And we went to the cardiologist and the cardiologist was checking him out. And he said, well, you know, I mean, now this was his words and, and, and I appreciated what he said. He said, well, you know, Mr. Hill is what it is. I mean, you've been diagnosed with congestive heart failure. He said, but for all intents and purposes, he said, I mean, you know, it's not like you're going to fall over today. Now, I don't like that. But his, his mindset was with the medication, we can keep this thing going. Well, not the best words, but nothing you can't overcome. We went from there to his primary care physician. He sat in the office with his primary care physician. This man meant well. But he looked at my dad. And he said, you do know that your days of preaching are over. You will never travel again like you used to, and you'll never preach again. Well, that's all he's ever done. Now watch. I watched this. I watched him go. We buried my dad two months later. He died that day. A, an unwitting doctor killed him with his words. You understand? That's just the reality of it. If I could never get my dad, God love him, God bless him, I love my father, I honor him, but I could never get him to just say, I'm healed. And he had laid hands on thousands of people and saw him healed. But he never got the full revelation that my words, my words, the power of death and life, the death and life are in the power of the tongue. You understand? Whatever you're dealing with in your body, don't compound it by talking about how it has the upper hand. Hallelujah. Words, Charles Capp said, are to faith what thrust is to an airplane. The more you speak, the faster you go. Wrong words spoken out of the mouth of a man with authority are like a bullet. They have no feeling or remorse for the damage they cause. First rule, one of the first rules of gun safety, 
Don't ever point a gun at something that can that is not something that can be destroyed. Is that right? Don't don't ever do it. Because because if it's loaded, especially once the trigger's pulled, it's too late. You follow me? Once you say it, it's in motion. It's in motion. Now, I can stop it. I can grab it. I can replace it. Words don't die. They have to be replaced. I can replace them. You understand? When God said, let there be light, there was light. People say, well, how fast is light expanding? 186,000 miles per second. Let me tell you a story real quick. I'm, I'm, I'm hurrying. Hang on. They pointed the Hubble telescope at a place in the galaxy where there was nothing. 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 They saw nothing. About a day or two later, they went back and looked at it again, and there were 10 million galaxies. Light is expanding at 186,000 miles per second. However long ago God created the earth, when he said light be, he used words, and light is still expanding at 186,000 miles per second. Right words spoken out of the mouth of a man with authority tap into the dimension of faith, and they bring out of that dimension those things that God promised in his word. And it doesn't have to take a long time. Your expectation will determine the effect of your faith. If you're expecting it to take a long time, it's going to take a long time. We need some people believing that God's going to do some things this year, this month, this week. Next month. Right? Hallelujah. What are you calling for? That this is so important. The Lord said something to me one time. Because, you know, we're, we're believing God always to redeem our time. And, and to give us a... a, a the tools to redeem our time. And, you know, there's different things we're calling for. Upgrades in vehicles, upgrades, airplane coming our, our way, buildings. And the Lord said something to me. He said, I will bless you as far as I can with the equipment you have. Now, understand what I mean by that. If I'm not calling for more, there's only so much and so far God can bless me. Right? Think about it. Think, think about where you live. Now, I, don't, I don't know where everybody lives, so I'm not pointing fingers where anybody lives. But, but, but think about this. God will bless you there as far as he can. At some point, you got to call for more. The job you have, God will bless you as far as He can. At some point, you got to call for more. Is that right? Yeah, but what's my house got to do with it? Everything. I got to call for it. Well, I, I don't need a bigger house. Oh, okay. But your faith needs it. Right? Well, yeah, no, Pastor, I, didn't, I don't want to overextend myself. I'm not talking about you extending yourself. I'm talking about you extending your faith. But let me finish with this. Did Jesus turn water into wine? Did he? How long did it take? 
moments? Right? I don't know. I don't know if it turned. The, the Bible says that they took the water that had been made wine to the head of the feast. I don't know if it was made wine in the, in the jar or in the cup on the way or when it touched. I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. But here, here's the process. Here's the issue. If it was so good that they said it was the best, it wasn't some Welch's grape juice. It was a process. But here's my, here's my, my point. Did he turn water into wine? Now, think about this. Now, I know that we know with God nothing is impossible. But think about this. It is impossible naturally to turn water into wine. Cannot happen. They are two different substances. Is that right? Mm. Did Jesus walk on water? Did he? How many of the rest of y'all have? Nobody. Right? Why? Because you can't. Not physically. Is that right? It's not designed for that. But here's the thing. Did he do it? I say, did he do it? So how can we ever say Say, that'll never happen. Did he turn water into wine? Here's one. Son, 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 son of the prophet is fell in a tree. And the iron axe head flies into the river. The last master is, is borrowed. Where did it fall? Over here. Give me a stick. Put a stick in the water. The Bible says the iron swam. Iron doesn't swim. Iron doesn't float. Iron axe head do not float. You don't believe me? Just go throw one in the river and see what happens. Bye. But did it swim? Did it float? Did it? So why would you ever say that's impossible? What you say is impossible, heaven concurs with. Okay, it's impossible. What you say is impossible, the faith dimension will never release to you. But when you say all things are possible, oh yes, that's possible. Sometimes that's got to be your response. Somebody say, you really think you're going to pay your house off? Oh yes, it's possible. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. You mean you think you're going to be debt free? Oh, no, I'm going to be. Yes, I am. I know I am. Amen. Hallelujah. Ask her, ask her what needs to be done for her. Well, she said nothing needs to be done for her, but she don't have any children. Her husband's old. Call that Shunamite. Stood in the, in the room. He said, about this time next year, you're going to have a son. Don't mess with me, man of God. That's my heart's desire. But did he say it? I say, did he say it? Yeah, but, but it was God. But did he say it? Where was that baby? In the faith dimension. What got it out of the faith dimension into her womb? What he called. Amen. How shall these things be, seeing I do not know a man? The Holy Ghost will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And that that will be born in your womb will be the Son of God. Be it unto me according to your word. Now, religious people take issue with this. That what the angel said was not going to happen till Mary agreed with what he said. 
But when she agreed with what he said, she was pregnant. You'll have what you say. Out of the dimension of faith. Hallelujah. You, you need to call. Every chance you get, you need to call things. Amen. I, I'm going to encourage you as, as I'm closing. You, you, need, you, you need to quit calling your kids certain things. You need to quit calling your family certain things. Because you're an authority. Especially if you're the head of the house. The way you call it's how it's going. And, and you know that seems elementary. But we'd do a lot less praying with people about things that their words could change if they were calling it. The Bible says in Mark eleven twenty five 25 that when you pray, believe you have received. Believe you have received what? What you've been calling. If you've not been calling, there's nothing for you to believe you're receiving. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Yes, he is. So quit calling them rebellious. Quit calling them cantankerous. Quit calling them stubborn. Most stubborn child I've ever met in my life. Besides you, you're exactly right. Mule must run in your family. But you got to quit it. I, I, I mean it. You got to quit it. Why? Because it's going that direction. If you see a trait that is not right, talk to it. Speak to it. Call it something else. Amen.